Yo, 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 it's Sports Zcaf in the morning, a gloomy morning, matter of fact, and it's your boy, Thodic Fatul. It's your boy, Thodic Abdullah. Man, was it a good day waking up this morning. But uh, I'm going to let my boy take it off today and start off the show. You know, he, he's got he's got some things, you know, he, he's really got to, you know, touch up on. Yeah, I mean, you know, we all know what happened last night. Crazy game winner from Damian Lee. We're going to talk about that right now, but we're also going to be talking about some other topics, such as, you know, our second round predictions coming from the East. And Matt Barnes talked about the Suns' owner and how he's wasting Devin Booker's career. But, I mean, we got to jump into this. Damian Lillard, 50-point performance, hit the game winner against OKC. Um, I don't know if you guys can tell, but I'm a little, I'm a little bummed out, but I'm also amazed. Damian Lillard, crazy game winner. I mean, but my, my question to you is, has he established, excuse me, has he established himself as a top-tier player in the NBA? Oh, definitely. I mean – the guy, what is it, three second rounds now that he's been to. Two of them, two series closed out with game winners. One last night on Paul George, and then a few years back on Chandler Parsons. I mean, fourth quarter is Dame time in the league. I mean, when it's Damian, when it's the fourth quarter, I mean, there's one guy you want to have your eyes, eyes on the whole 12 minutes, and that's Damian Lillard. I mean, what were they, down 15 in the fourth? He checks back in, and, I mean, it's just history from there. He sent Westbrook home. Uh, I mean, I think he, he's already surpassed Westbrook as the better player. And I, I think Westbrook overall is maybe, you know, a better athlete, you know, in terms of, you know, his athletic skill. I think Westbrook has more skill than Damian Lillard. But in terms of, you know, overall IQ and, I mean, player awareness and things like that, I, I think Damian Lillard is, is now has solidified himself as a top three point guard in the league. I think one can argue, you know, maybe it's Curry, Kyrie, Damian Lillard. And, you know, you, you can argue he's top five. I think that's also valid. But after last night, I don't think you can't put you can't put him below your top five. I mean, the way he's came out there, dropped 50. I mean, he's just been balling out all series long. He dropped 32 points in the first 20 minutes. One can argue if Damian Lillard's not going off last night, this OKC team is winning by 20-plus. I mean, they were consistent all game but they just couldn't find a way to close out the game. And a lot of it has to do with your boy Westbrook, 11 for 31 shooting. I mean, last year he took 43 shots in a playoff game. I know Paul George went 2 of 16, but but 43 shots, I mean, man. Like, I mean, with all those bricks, Westbrook has got about, you know, you know, in terms of real estate, he's got about five, six houses right now. I mean, he's just, he's just stacking those houses with all them bricks. I mean, overall, Westbrook has – he's become one of those players where you look at him in a regular season, you're like, damn, he's a good player. But playoffs, you know, it's like he's going to bring the same basketball that he brings. His game doesn't really change. He's still that same player. And I'm starting to think he's a little bit selfish in terms of the way he plays the game of basketball. No, he's not. He's not selfish. Come on now. I mean, you watch one game. You watch a, you watch a series. Games. You watch a series to where uh, – You know, matter of no, fact, no, mini games. No, 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 wait. Uh, hold up. If you if – you, Watch the series, and you know Westbrook as a as a player. You know that if someone's gonna talk mess to him, that's gonna fuel him to get riled up and take things personal. And Damian Lillard did the right thing in that series. Talk his mess to Westbrook. Let it become a mess. A Westbrook versus Damian Lillard series compared to a OKC versus Portland series. Damian Lillard got in Westbrook's head, and he won. I'm not gonna lie. Damian Lillard, and I agree with you. I think he's a top three point guard now. Um, I don't agree with you on this though. I don't think Russell Westbrook is more skilled than Damian Lillard. I think. Russell Westbrook is the best athlete in the league. 
in my opinion. I think he's the best athlete in terms of point guards for sure. I think everyone can agree on that. But Damian Lillard has more skill, more IQ than, than Russell Westbrook. And, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say – I'm going to say, say this on the podcast. Man, I, I did not give credit to Damian Lillard. <laughs> I did not. I mean, constantly, constantly doing his thing. I never really recognized him as one of the best point guards in the league. But we really got to give credit to this man where it's due. I mean, he's one of the best leaders in the league. Like, And, and I know he had a 50-point performance and whatnot. But honest, honest to God, if we watch the NBA, what, what point guard-led teams – like what what point guard led teams really have success in the league? If you look at a team like like the Golden State Warriors, I, I, Steph Curry's one is one dude, right? If you look at for and I think of someone else like De'Aaron Fox, he's gonna he's gonna be a point guard leading that Sacramento Kings team. Kyrie They're, Irving. I, and I was just gonna get to Kyrie Irving. I don't know I don't know if he's leading that Boston team effectively. So many roller coasters, so many things that he said in the media calling out his dudes. I I, I know they consider him the the one true leader, but I don't know if he's leading that team effectively. Damian Lillard, however, taking his guys out to vacation. I mean, never, never, never a blemish in the media, constantly doing his thing, putting up big numbers, making big shots. We just saw last night, 50 point performance. And this team was looking like they could possibly go to the conference finals for real. I mean, shout out to Damian Lillard, top three point guard. Westbrook, however, we I've I've always known this was his issue. Sometimes he tries too hard. Like and that's that's gonna be his blemish. Does too much. He does he does too much. You're right, and that's gonna be a blemish on his career. And he's gonna be that one dude. When we look back at his career, we're not gonna look at him for his ring, his rings. Excuse me. He's not gonna. I don't. I don't know if he's gonna if he's gonna win anything. That's too. It's too early to say. I don't want to hear the slander. But whenever ah. we look, whenever we look back at him, the same way we look at Oscar Robertson or Will Chamberlain, we don't look at them for the rings. We look at them for the records. Will Chamberlain, 100-point performance, average 25 rebounds and 50 points. You know, We look at Will Chamberlain for his accomplishments. Same thing with Oscar Robertson, averaging a triple-double. I think that's how we're going to recognize Russell Westbrook, someone who averaged a triple-double a triple -double three straight consecutive seasons. Probably might do it next year. But, I mean, Russell Westbrook, if you, if you want to solidify yourself as a winner, you're going to have to take a step back, buy into the system, and, and really just trust your teammates. And it's, definitely this series, it did not look like you did that. And you got – I mean, Damon Lillard outplayed you. C.J. McCollum outplayed you as well. There was even times when where Ennis Cantor was balling out. And sometimes, even whenever Westbrook was out, that OKC team sometimes played a little better basketball because the ball was actually moving and everyone was getting their shots. But Russell Westbrook wants to win, and he wants to win the NBA. And I know he's capable of it, but he's going to have to take less shots. He's going to have to play more conservative, trust his teammates. And, I mean, that's, that's the only thing on his, on his game, really. So there's one thing about Westbrook, you know, I've always been trying to, you know, argue with people, you know, the past few years. I'm like, he's a better player if he can become a point guard. I mean, his his skill level is, is just, you know, out of the world. Him driving to the lane, I mean, he can get the job done. He maybe has a flaw in his, you know, his shooting. But overall, I think if he can just, you know, like you said, take that step back and just, you know, adapt to a system and not, you know, become the system to where the ball has to be in his hands 24-7, he can have success. But I think that's something you don't really develop at the age of 30. You know, I think at this point of his career, it's more of, you know, I mean, I, I'm going to say it's more of him, you know, he's too worried about his stat sheet, how he's looking on the, you know, the record books rather than, you know, how it, how it looks on TV. I mean, he's not getting the wins. It's not looking good. I mean, we go back to last season. He got outplayed by Donovan Mitchell. That, that series was closed in six. And this year he gets outplayed by not just, 
Damian Lillard, but C.J. McCollum. And, I mean, he was just nowhere to be found the last two minutes of last night's game. I mean, he was 11-31 shooting. I mean, just a horrible shooting performance overall. And, I mean, just the last shot says it all together. I mean, the way he drove it in, it wasn't really a smart, you know, decision in, t- in terms of, you know, get- getting that last shot or, you know, a shot that can put your team in a chance to win the game. I mean, all he did was, you know, he ran into the lane, threw his body up, and just was praying for a foul call. I mean, put the ball in Paul George's hands. The man was 14 to 20 shooting. I mean, arguably your best shooter on the team. The ball was in his hands multiple times. So Paul George didn't do a damn thing as well. We got to yeah, we got to keep mean, it consistent as I well. I mean, last play of the game, who would you rather have the ball? The ball. Who who would you rather have the ball? I'd rather have Russell Westbrook have the ball if he's gonna drive, and that's what he did. He did he did but, drive. But it wasn't a smart drive. I mean, you can drive. It's like, Dur- but but th- but the thing about that OKC like that OKC team is. Whenever like they were they were up six with like four minutes left and there was a stretch where they did not score until what until Paul George hit that mid range shot that that Westbrook yeah. assisted him on and that was that was like they were just in a drought I mean that's really what and I think the best thing you, that you can do whenever you're in a drought is try to drive the basketball try to get a foul I think that's what Westbrook did but once again like more of the story is that he kind of just did too much he he didn't really. He didn't really see Damian Lillard draw that charge. He could have definitely gone out of his way, but he wanted to go full head, full head of steam, and that's really the moral of his game is that sometimes you just do too much, and that kind of affects how you are as a player and how we view you as a player. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like, you know, everyone was having a bad game on that OKC team. I mean, Paul George was having a phenomenal shooting night. Jeremy Grant, uh, Dennis Schroeder. I mean, all these guys, you know, came out and did their part. And in terms of shooting, Westbrook just wasn't there. I mean, he's 0 of 8 on road games without Kevin Durant since his departure. I mean, he's never got out the first round without Kevin Durant. So it, it just comes to show you that the guy's not a winner. And, I mean, I don't think he's ever going to win the championship just by in terms of, you know, him being the best player on a team. It's just not going to work out. And I think Paul George has actually surpassed him as a better player. And No, no, Paul, uh, Paul, George, no Paul, George, Paul George was the better player, but yeah. – Especially this season, and if you look at, uh, if you, excuse me, if you look at OKC in the month, of, excuse me, in the month of December through early February, that's whenever they were playing the best basketball, and ultimately that's when Paul George was really healthy and doing his thing. Yeah. OKC was playing the best basketball whenever Paul George was do, was playing his best, and I think the, really the X factor is Paul George. I think if Paul George was playing like you know early MVP candidate Paul George earlier in the season, and he was playing like that in this first round. I don't. I just don't think we see Westbrook shoot 31 shots. And I think I don't know if I don't know if you're gonna agree with me on that, but I think Paul George would end up shooting more shots. And if you looked at earlier in the season, and I said it multiple times on this podcast, I commended Russell Westbrook for being way more conservative in the beginning. Excuse me, way more conservative, trusting his teammates, and on the earlier side of the season. But I know it just whenever Paul George was injured, and it looked like, and it definitely looked like he was injured. You saw Russell Westbrook become that number one option, and. Russell Westbrook's not a number one option. Like that's that's really what it comes down to. If you yeah. want to win a if you want to win a championship, Russell Westbrook's not your guy. He he can't be your number one option. And honestly, one can argue he can't even be your he can't be your number two option. He has to be someone that could really get others others going. He's a phenomenal athlete that could run the transition, but he's just not that great of a shooter. I mean, and and it, we've seen in history multiple point guards that have won championships, but they were not great shooters. A name comes up like Rajon Rondo. He led his team, but he definitely, you know, played his role. Yeah, he played his role, dished it out to others. 
Jason Kidd as well with the Mavs team. I know he shot, he, he was shooting well, but historically Jason Kidd was not a great shooter, but he still played his role, got others involved, and he knew who to go to, which was Dirk. I think Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook is going to definitely have to have that type of element in his game to where I just got to trust my teammates. I got to give Paul George the ball whenever. So like, and, and that's one thing is like, you know, Paul George is, what was he, what, 14 for 27? He, he, he was, he was murdering it. And you just you gotta you gotta give him the ball. You gotta let him do his thing because, I mean, ultimately, if Paul George is is doing his thing and you give him the ball consecutively in late time situations, I mean that that OKC team that game could go a different way. Yeah, I mean it. It, it comes down to Westbrook taking too many shots, and that's what's really hurting this OKC team. I mean, last you know forty three last season, which you know I've never seen that in terms of a point guard. And I mean, what was it? Thirty one shots last night. I mean, just put the ball in the right guy's hands. You know, things happen, but a shooter will always find his way. And, I mean, that that's the mentality that Damian Lillard always comes in in the playoffs. And that's the mentality that, you know, Westbrook should have thought of when thinking of Paul George late in the game. Okay, you know, he maybe, you know, turned over the ball, the possession before. But he, he can always – a shooter can always find a way it's, to make it's, up. It's it. just because Westbrook just got personal. Like, you, and that's the thing. It's like there's some people in the league like, okay, you talk mess to them that's going to really fuel them to even play better. Westbrook is like, okay, you talk mess to him. It's just going to fuel him to do even more dumb stuff. And, like, yeah. and I, I, that's that's really what it comes down to, and that's the thing that sucks about it. But, I mean, other than that, I'm looking at what, what this OKC team is going to do heading into free agency. Number one, I don't know I don't know if you agree with me, but Billy Donovan has to go. Oh, no, I, I felt like he should have gone. He should have been gone he, last He has season. to go. I mean, I know what there's there's definitely a problem with Westbrook taking taking a lot of shots. But from a coaching standpoint, last year you had Paul George Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony. I know Carmelo Anthony is not himself, but Carmelo Anthony could have still gave you twenty. Like, like seriously, he still could have gave them. And we 20. were putting all the blame on Melo. And Carmelo and Carmelo didn't want to come off the bench. And so, as a coach, you got a guy that doesn't want to come off the bench, and you can't you can't handle that. I mean, you can't handle someone that's disrespecting you and whatnot. Billy Donovan has to go. I think. Definitely what this team did whenever they picked up Dennis Schroeder, that was a great, great acquisition, but I don't know if they have – they don't have the cap space to really get anyone in the free agency. I know they're going to they're gonna have to try to sign some dudes, some veterans that are shooters. I think that's what they have to do, attack some shooters. And if they're going to get a coach, they got to get a coach that can challenge Westbrook. The same way Larry Brown challenged Allen Iverson whenever Allen Iverson was with Philly, Larry Brown challenged and made him a better player, got on him whenever whenever you really needed to get on Allen Iverson. The same thing has to be like that with Russell Westbrook. You can't have a coach who's a nice guy. Yeah. Scott Brooks, Billy Donovan, someone that's always clapping their hands, saying, okay, let's go. No. you got to have someone that's going to get into him and, and vice versa. You're going to have to get a coach that Russell Westbrook respects. I don't know if he really truly respects Billy Donovan, and that's really what it comes down to. How many times did we see Billy Donovan try to sub out Westbrook He'd wave him off. Like, uh, come on, I'm not getting out. Same That happened last year with Carmelo Anthony as well. So, I mean, you have a lot of dudes that didn't respect the coach and staff. And in terms of basketball, like basketball decisions and whatnot, a lot of questionable plays. I think definitely getting not getting Paul George involved that much. Um, and just a stagnant offense. I mean, offense was kind of stagnant. I think Billy Donovan has to go. Um and you got to get you got to get you got to get a coach that can really get into your star players and vice versa that your that your star players respect. I think the perfect fit would be Mark Jackson simply because he's got that you know demeanor to him to where you know it's no it's no games. 
you know, it's serious when you when you step out on that court. I think that'd be, you know, the best candidate that's open. But, I mean, just imagine Westbrook under a Greg Popovich system. I mean, I think that, that'll be the best thing we could ever see on Westbrook's career. You know, a coach that's really going to make him excel in the system, make him become a better player than he really, you know, thinks he is. I mean, just show him that you don't have to do all that flashy good stuff to, you know, win basketball games. It, it's simple. You know, just go out there, play, you know, your, your 48 minutes of basketball and leave. I mean, you don't, you don't got to do any more than that than just play basketball. And I think sometimes Westbrook, you know, takes it a little overboard. He tries to get too fancy. You know, he lets the talk get into his head. And that's really what, you know, separates him from, you know, all these other point guards like Stephen Curry, Kyrie Irving, and Damian Lillard is, you know, he's just not a winner. And all that comes from your mentality and your IQ of the game of basketball, which he kind of lacks. So that's my overall feel. But I just want to talk about, you know, Damian Lillard's phenomenal performance all playoffs long. Everyone doubted him out last season saying, you know, maybe he does deserve to be in the position he is in the rankings and things like that, you know, after getting swept. But, I mean, he came back this season and he just showed that he's better than what he was last year. He was worth that first-round pick. He's not leaving Portland. He's here to stay. And, I mean, he's here to try and deliver a championship to that city. And you just got utmost respect for Damon Lillard, the way he handled things, not letting the media and the rumors get into his head, and just going out there and showing people it's Dame time come fourth quarter. And and Portland is a superstar away from really becoming the best team in the league. I mean, if you matched up a like like let's just be a little a little hypothetical here, and let's just say like a Kawhi Leonard comes to Portland, like that team is the best team in the league now oh, because that's like because Damian Lillard is someone that that could easily mesh with someone that's a scorer, a defender, or whatnot, because he has such a high high IQ. He knows what to do to win, and that's really what it comes down to. But, I mean, Portland, great, great, phenomenal season. You know, they got the third seed, um, got a first-round first round win. And, I mean, if and right now it's looking like they might be playing Denver. Denver's up 3-2 against San Antonio. I don't know what's you know how that series is going to play out, but according to my, my predictions is, you know, they're probably going to play Denver. That's going to be a tough series. I don't know if they could beat Denver, but, I mean, you know, who knows? Now, I didn't think they could beat OKC, but, I mean, this is the playoffs. You know, that's what I like about it is that really we really don't know what's going to happen. And, I mean, other than that, we talk about the playoffs. Let's talk about that second-round predictions from the East. We, we all knew that these four teams were going to come out. And, yeah. But it's second-round time. It's Milwaukee versus Boston, and it's Toronto versus Philly. And I and I I don't want you to give me a prediction on who's gonna win. I want you to give me a prediction on the games and who who's who's gonna be who's gonna have the best performance in those second round series. So I'm looking at the Toronto Philly, and I think the main guy to look out for is gonna be, I'd say Pascal Siakam. I mean, it's gonna be how the way he holds up against a Philly team who's stacked on defense. I mean, their defense is you know nothing like the Orlando Magic. It's just I want to see how he performs in the playoffs against an elite defense because Orlando is nothing at the caliber of the Philadelphia 76ers. So, Because I know Kawhi Leonard's already going to go out there. He's going to have his efficiency on defense and offense. He's going to give you 20-plus a game. But it's, it's a matter of, you know, can Siakam carry that momentum towards the Philadelphia series? Because I do have Toronto beating Philly. I have them losing in the Eastern Conference Finals. But I have them beating Philly simply because of uh, – I think Philly lacks maturity. 
I, I think, you know, overall you have a Joel Embiid and, you know, a Ben Simmons type of guy who, I don't know, at times they, they kind of just, you know, have me worried sometimes the way they address the media. And I think that can sometimes carry over to games and kind of fuel the fire for the other team. But overall, I feel like Siakam's going to be a big key factor in terms of, you know, that second round. And I head down to the Milwaukee series. I think ev- all lights and cameras are going to be on Kyrie Irving. I mean, he's one of the he's one of the winningest guys in playoff history. I think well, he has a 74% win ratio. He's undefeated in the first round. He's never lost a single game. And I mean, it's just going to fall into, you know, the Kyrie and Giannis. Who's the better player in that series? And I think whoever's the better player is going to be the better team and they're going to end on advancing into the Eastern Conference Finals. I look at Philadelphia and Toronto, and I, I think the biggest question mark is is Kyle Lowry. I think I'm going to predict him to have a horrible game one. I think if you look at his career in terms of game ones, he averages like tw- like 10 points a game. So, I mean, I think he's definitely going to have a game one, a, a horrible game one. Philadelphia might steal a game one as well. But and that, that's really who I look at, Kyle Lowry. I mean, there's a big question mark with him, how he plays in the playoffs. And now it's not the Orlando Magic. You don't have DJ Augustine guarding you. I mean, honestly, now that I think about it, J.J. Redick is probably going to be guarding Kyle Lowry the whole series. And Kyle Lowry might be able to use that to his advantage. Now, you, you know, you, J.J. Redick is a phenomenal shooter, but he's nowhere near elite on the defensive side. And that's, and that's one thing that we could look out for. And they for. might put a Ben Simmons on Kyrie Lowry. And, and if you want to do that, well, Kyle Lowry's six foot, Ben Simmons 6'10". So you should be able to blow past, blow past him. You should. I don't know if you will, but... I mean, but, uh, you know, but I, I look at Kyle Lowry, especially, I think there's a big question mark with his playoff performances. And other than that, I mean, I'm going to look at the, and I, I do have Toronto winning. I think I got him winning in six. I think Philadelphia is a great team, but Ben, uh, excuse me, Joel Embiid, his injury is too big of a question mark. And that's the only thing with me in Philly. I think Tobias Harris hasn't been playing up to par, especially whenever he left the Clippers, went to Philadelphia. He hasn't been playing like himself. And, Joel Embiid, his health is a question mark. We don't know if he's going to be playing the majority of the season, excuse me, of the series. And, I mean, he played, like, what, four four games? I think he missed one game against the Nets. But other than that, I mean, I, I got Toronto winning. And I look at Milwaukee and, and Boston, and I look at Giannis. I think Giannis's game is traditionally not a game that really translates to the playoffs to where you could just have a team just close everything out and – you could really just form a wall or double team him and whatnot. But the thing is about that Milwaukee team is that they have so many shooters, you really can't just double team Giannis. So it's going to be interesting to watch. And that's, that's my, my X factor, if you want to say it, in that series is Giannis. Someone, I, 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 and I'm really just wondering is, how is he going to be able to attack players in the paint, especially when you have a great defensive team in Boston, where you have really good defenders. Al Horford's a good defender. Jalen Brown's a good defender. Jason Tatum can do his thing. And, and I, I know they're missing Marcus Smart, which is really their glue guy. But, I mean, I got Milwaukee winning. I think it's going to be a crazy series in seven games. Uh, and you're right. The best player on both those teams, whoever has the better series, that's, gonna, that's the team that's going to win. And, I, I mean, Boston, I, I, know, I know they had a great first round. but And I'm going to watch out for them. I think if Milwaukee really slaps Boston in the face that first game, you're really going to see some personal issues go on with Boston. And that's the thing about Boston. They're, they're the most fragile team in the league. I think if, if, if everything's going great, man, that team's firing all centers. They're going to be all right. But the moment they have a bad game, 
it's like you really don't know what's going to happen now because Kyrie Irving might call out guys. Guys might complain about touches. And then now you really have a dysfunctional locker room. And that's kind of how it was in moments throughout the season. So I think if Milwaukee really slaps Boston in the first, uh, excuse me, in the first game and they beat them by 15-plus, especially since they're going to be at home, I mean, just watch out for Boston and how they handle things because that's my biggest question mark with that team is how are they going to handle everything? And, I mean, other than that, I know I know what I'm going to get out of Milwaukee, but I got Milwaukee winning in, in six, most likely seven, but, yeah. Uh, and I think we got to wait for that fire matchup, Terry Rozier and Eric Bledsoe. We already know what's going to come out of that. And I think this series, I mean, the way Eric Bledsoe has been playing all season long, not just, you know, in the first round, I think he's going to come out and play. I mean, he got traded, you know, mid-last season. So he was still kind of, you know, adapting to the Milwaukee system. But now you're under a new coach, Mike Budenholzer. He's fin the system real well. I mean, Eric Bledsoe is going to go off the second round. I think it's more personal this second round than, you, you know, for the other guys. So I think, you know, that's, that's going to add to his game. And I think this overall is going to be, you know, one of probably one of the best matchups in the second round. You know, I got still got the Warriors-Rockets matchup, which, you know, I'm more interested in just because, you know, that's the real threat right now to the Golden State Warriors dynasty because, you know, one can argue Durant is leaving, you know, for sure after this season. And, you know, who would want to leave on a note like that? You know, arguably one of the best teams to ever play the big game of basketball together, you know, getting cut short to a team like the Houston Rockets by one can argue two guys running the show. So I think that's going to be, you know, a nice series to, you know, sit down, eat your popcorn, and just enjoy the show. But this Milwaukee series is going to be a fight, you know, all quarter long. I mean, we know that it's not like that, you know, Golden State Rocket series where, you know, one team can get hot and take charge all game. You know, this Milwaukee series is different because it's, you know, it's going to be smash mouth basketball from the get-go. You know, no one's going to get that big lead. It's, it's all going to come down to fourth quarter basketball, who's the better team the last 12 minutes of the game. And I think this is why – you know, I'm going to enjoy this this series more than I would any other series. And the thing about this playoffs is that honestly the best series are going to come in the are going to come in the second round. And you might be able to say, okay, you know, if Toronto versus Milwaukee, that would be a phenomenal series, but really the best series are going to come in the second round. Yeah. Uh Golden State, Houston, and Milwaukee and Boston. I mean, and Toronto and Philly. I mean, that's three amazing series. No disrespect to the, you know, Portland whatever and whatever series, but I mean, that's just not going to be taking all the limelight. But, I mean, other than that, this 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 playoffs, in my opinion, has been phenomenal. I think there's a lot of great moments, a lot of storylines that we could attest to. But other than that, I mean, let's talk about some team that didn't make the playoffs. And, you know, we all know that the Suns just fired their head coach. Um, I know his first name is Igor, but I'm not going to even try to butcher his last name. But Matt Barnes goes on Twitter and says, you know, the Suns owner, quote unquote, was wasting Devin Booker's career. And do you agree with what he said? I mean, I agree to a certain extent. But I mean, then again, it's just, you know, he's doing the best he can. It's not like he, you know, went out there and drafted some scrubs. I mean, they've got DeAndre Aiden, they 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 got Devin Booker, they've got Josh Jackson, they made a trade for Kelly Oubre. I mean, the team that you know, Mikael Bridges, they've got some nice guys on that roster. It's just, I feel like, you know, they're still at a point to where they're tanking. You know, they're trying to, you know, build a whole dynasty, a whole, you know, 
they're more worried about you know building a 10-year tenure rather than you know just a three-year you know try to make a finals run and then you know just shut it down so i see where they're going with this but i'm not gonna you know flip the script you know this early and you know rush into things i'm gonna wait until the end of next season i mean come come next season you should have a playoff ready team i mean you're projected to get you know a top three pick you project to get a guy who can really come in and make a difference on any team in the league. So, you know, you add that to Devin Booker, to DeAndre Ayton. I mean, you've got him. You've got to at least you know make the playoffs or be you know slightly shy of the playoffs. I mean, Phoenix, they they can't settle for you know 20 win seasons. What what has it been? You know, three straight years it's that four. they haven't. Four, four straight years, you know, just playing horrible basketball. So, I'm gonna say this next season is like. The limit. I mean, if, if Phoenix can't find a way to even, you know, become a contender, then I, I think something is really going on in Phoenix, and the NBA has got to address this issue because they've been tanking for the last I, four years. No, I think they got to address this issue right now. I mean, four years in a row, and we looked at this team heading into the season, and I really thought this team could could possibly be a ninth, could like best best case scenario, they're a ninth seed. Devin Booker, Trevor Ariza, they had. You know, DeAndre Aiden as well, Josh Jackson, and they had Mikel Bridges. They had a lot of dudes that could – and they had Ryan Anderson as well. So they had a lot of dudes that, you know, have been there and everything, and there's something going on in Phoenix. And I definitely agree with what, with Matt Bar- with what Matt Barnes said is that I think he is wasting Devin Booker's career. I think Devin Booker on any other team is putting up tremendous numbers, and we really haven't seen Devin Booker in the limelight to where he's just killing other people. Um, and there's one thing about Phoenix is that if you read multiple like articles and reports, is that players will be in Phoenix, they'll get drafted and whatnot, and they'll just be used to the they'll be used to what bad culture feels like. They'll they'll be used to the because and there's one thing about Phoenix is that they say that they have one of the most outdated training facilities. I mean everything's horrible in Phoenix. No training, no train, like no effective trainers, no massage therapists. And as an NBA player in an 82 game season, you're going to need a lot of those little things, especially to make it throughout the season. There's just a lot of things that if you go anywhere else in the NBA, it's really not offered in Phoenix. You know, uh, old facilities, everything's kind of outdated. Everything's kind of old. I mean, it's just it's, it's a bad it's a bad little aura in Phoenix. Culture is not really set 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 there. There's no real culture. There's a losing culture in Phoenix constantly having new coaches you just fired your your G, uh your G, your gm heading into this season so we really don't know what's going on in phoenix and i mean i don't i don't like you the owner might have to do have to do the, the city of phoenix a, a solid and really sell that team because he hasn't done anything the last four years you have the talent and i get what you're getting at is that okay well you know if they do something next season if they don't do anything next season well you know but if we're going to be honest are they really going to do anything next season Look how stacked the West is, and it's like teams are only getting better. Yeah. Dallas is gonna get is gonna get phenomenally better. Sacramento, I probably have them heading into the playoffs, and and the Lakers as well. It's like you really can't count out LeBron James. That's three teams already heading into a, and then every every other team in that top eight, they might they might mess around and make the playoffs as well. So I mean that's that's eleven teams already heading into it. We don't know what's gonna go on. I think Phoenix is probably gonna be the worst team in the league next season as well. The culture there is horrible. I don't know who they're going to get as their coach. I mean, everything in Phoenix is bad, and it's 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 to the point where they will offer a guy like, quote-unquote, Mark Jackson or a guy like Luke Luke Walton. Or some, and they'll have interest in, in him as a head coach, but those coaches don't even want – they don't want the job there. 
Like, that's how bad it is. They don't want the job in Phoenix because they know what goes down with that front office. They know how bad it is to work for the Phoenix organization. So I think there's definitely something going on in Phoenix is that you really have to check up on this owner. And if I'm not mistaken, this Phoenix owner had the lowest approval rate out of all owners in the league. And, and I mean, that's ridiculous. That, that's, that's horrible. There has to be something going on in Phoenix. And, I mean, it, it sucks for Devin Booker because this guy on any other team is an all-star. Yeah. He's an, he's an all-star. And it sucks what's happening in Phoenix. But, I mean, I agree with, with, with what Matt Barnes said and that I think he's wasting his career. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, you talk about he's, you know, one of the lowest profiles for an owner. I mean, the guy got the team dirt cheap. You know, one can argue $400 million for an NBA team. That, that's almost free if you got the money. That's free. I mean, you can sell it now. I mean, the cheapest team is worth, you know, $1 billion. I mean, so, you know, that just shows you that, you know, although he is a businessman and things like that, you know, he, he, got, he got that team a lot cheaper than, you know, these other guys. And overall, I would say, you know, I agree. I don't think he's the best owner or I don't think he's a good owner in the league. But at the end of the day, you own an NBA team. There's only 30 teams in the league. I mean, it's not that easy to just wake up one day and be like, you know, due to our team's, you know, no success and things like that, I'm going to put the team for sale. I think it's it's got to become more of an NBA issue. I think the NBA's really got to, you know, give it to them and let them know, you know, you, you got to make some noise. You know, th this is a league at the NBA. We're a professional organization. I mean, you got to go out there and you've got to, you know, at least try to make the NBA playoffs. The thing is that I don't I don't think he should sell the team because he's losing. Like, yeah. I, you don't hear me saying anything about the Atlanta Hawks. You don't hear me saying anything about – Cleveland Cavaliers or the Brooklyn Nets whenever they didn't where they were whenever they weren't winning it's just that there's something going on in Phoenix to where they don't have a set culture if you go anywhere else in the NBA Brooklyn what are they known for playing tough you know having a lot of dudes that can that are grimy I mean you even go out to Charlotte they're known for like you know playing solid basketball having Kemba Walker and everything over there is kind of positive you know they're not really the best team but they'll make some noise they might contend for a playoff spot Anywhere else in the league, they have set cultures. They know they, they, they know what they're known for. What are the Spurs known for? They're known for being professional, playing by the books, playing fundamental. You know, there's a lot of teams like that. You look at Phoenix, it's like they're just known for losing. They're known for getting rid of coaches, getting rid of front office staffs. It's really not a safe place to work there if you, if you want job security. And that's, that's the thing about working in Phoenix. That's why I think he should sell the team. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, one can, I agree, you know, in two ways. But I just feel like, I'm going to wait until next season because this season was kind of, you know, a little another trial part of their whole process. And I think next season is the jump to where, you know, they, they get things started, they get a fresh start, and they really, you know, try to flip the script and make a run at some things. But I think after next season, if they get nothing going, I think the owner himself should, you know, look at it as, you know, like you said, do a favor for the city of Phoenix, you know, let go of the team. But – I mean, I'm just, I'm still just waiting for a Seattle SuperSonics to make a return. I mean, I think the Phoenix Suns would be a nice team to transfer over, but I don't know about that. I mean, I'm Phoenix more, is too historical. Yeah, Char Steve Nash, Charles, Charles Barkley, Barkley things like historical. that. I'm just, I'm just waiting on the day the NBA adds two more teams. There's a lot of talent out there. There's a lot of good players, and I mean, there's a lot of cities that, you know, definitely have the basketball culture. You look at Seattle, and I mean, there's just another handful of places guys would just love to play. So that, that's my overall feel. It's a gloomy Wednesday. It's the man of the hour. Y'all don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. It's your boy, Tariq Abdullah. It's your boy, Tariq Fatul. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Peace out.